Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right, Ben, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm um, getting acclimated. The, the cold has sort of hit uh, Georgia. It's been, you know, for us, it's been in the 30s in the mornings and stuff, but uh, my office has got cinder block uh, walls and Two of them are exterior, and so anyway, uh, I had to turn my heater off for this, my space heater, so okay. I don't know if my teeth start chattering, maybe you can uh-huh. just edit that out. 30s being cold is, uh, yeah, I, I can't relate to that. So. That's like swimming weather for you guys. So. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, yeah, with, uh, you know, with it getting colder, I imagine you're having to bundle up a little bit more, you know, put on a couple more layers, right, Ben? Yeah, I've got a sweater on today, so. That's good, so. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to do that, and uh, I sometimes make the mistake of leaving the house without a coat and regret it immediately. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I remember it got last, not last winter, but the winter before, one day the high was like negative four, and I can work from home a lot, and I was going to go to the office. I was just determined I just want to be more productive there, and I opened the door, and it was negative four, and I and I just said, nope. I literally out loud said to myself, nope, and I closed the door, and I went back to my office. So, that's how big you get. So, but. See, you know, like my lack of hair, I feel the cold in ways that I didn't before. Like, you know, they talk about how you leave lose heat out of your head. And uh, when you don't have hair, one, your hair uh, cushions your head when you hit it, uh, but it also can provide some insulation. So, yeah. So. Well, the, I mean, people, though, don't really think negatively of, you know, wearing all those layers around Christmas time, right? As we're recording this and it's being posted around Christmas time. Would you agree? I feel like it's kind of normal. Even Santa seems to have a lot of layers, right? Uh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, with that, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, it, it tends to be easier for me that uh, to figure out what I'm going to wear for church, you know, when I'm preaching in the middle of summer. I mean, there's a lot less options, especially like the three days where it's actually warm here. Uh, but uh, it definitely is a more involved process for me specifically to get ready for for church around Christmas time. Is it like that for you? Um. Yeah, I don't know. You know, see here we, we deal with like extreme heat in the summer. It's like so hot. People are like walking into the church and they're catching on fire and stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess you got to factor in some of that. So yeah. I don't know. Well, that that does lead us, though, to what I want to talk about today. You know, we've talked about modesty before. We've talked about some church expectation stuff. But I want to uh, talk about church clothes today, Ben. So, Like Lecrae? He's got yeah, an album of church clothes? Does he? I didn't know that. So, <laughs> yeah, to set the mood that, uh, you know, Ben and I, we decided to wear our finest suits while recording the podcast. Uh, I mean, we just got them right from the dry cleaner, correct? Uh, yes, and I have my ascot on and everything. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, no, in actuality, I think we're kind of dressed down for this, but uh, appropriate for the weather. But since we're going to talk about church clothes today, I want to ask, uh, what does your family wear to church? Uh, I mean, I imagine the summer, you know, it's it's hard. To, you pretty much wear uh, silk uh, stained clothes of any sort, right? 
<laughs> I guess I kind of wear the same thing kind of year round, but um, you know, during uh, well, actually, it's interesting because our our sanctuary, you know, main hall, whatever, is is old, old, and so the boiler just broke this week, and so you know, we're in the process of probably moving out of that area. And um, to fix the boiler, like it, it's it, very possible that within like five months we would be out of the space. And so there were two really expensive options for fixing it. And so we're like, well, we could just bundle up for the winter. So this may change what I start wearing uh, in these coming months. But um, typically our family does dress up more than we do for other things. Um, you know, like I. Not not super super formal, but um, you you wouldn't think that we were going to a ball game or just you know out to the store. I mean, I wear dress slacks and dress shoes and a, a button down shirt. Um, I used to, if I was preaching, I would wear a suit. Um, and then after COVID, our senior pastor stopped doing that himself, and so um, I also followed suit. Uh, no pun intended. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do dress up a bit more typically. My, I mean, you know, the kids, we give them a little bit of flexibility um, given certain weeks. And like in the summer, I mean, having a, a young child, a son, we'd let him wear shorts frequently, um, dress shorts and like a, you know, a polo shirt or something like that. But it's not so like we didn't see these things as like, you know, mandated by the Bible. I, don't, I mean, what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, what for me, I, I actually have a schedule, literally, on what I'm going, the type of clothes I'm going to wear. I rotate between certain Sundays. I, I wear jeans and a button-down. Certain Sundays I wear a tie, you know, and a whole get-up, uh, often a suit jacket with that. And then certain Sundays I'll, like, wear khakis and, you know, maybe a vest. Uh, so literally I, I have that intentionally. And part of the reason for me for that is I just want to be able to kind of kind of – relate to whatever people see as church clothes, you know, that, you know, everything's, everything's comfortable and accepted. And, uh, you know, for our kids, uh, I think it's often whatever we can get on them in the morning. You know, I tend to take most of the kids, uh, early and we tend to get there uh, pretty early in the morning to set up around eight. And, you know, so I don't have as much time to focus on what they wear, but we try to get them a little bit nicer during the week, but it's not unheard of that our son might, uh, slip on some crocs on the way out the door and i didn't notice it but uh which isn't ideal but it is what it is right so mm-hmm. now now what about when you were growing up how did you dress up for church uh it was a lot more buttoned up for sure i mean one it was the 90s um and then as well the church that we were in was just a more dressed up church culture and so i remember wearing a tie most sundays um wealth and i think even then when we switched churches to a a slightly less buttoned up culture um i still often though i think wore a tie and i think there were elements of that sometimes as i got older i just liked wearing a tie just it was like yeah you know i don't do this normally this is i have ties that i like um so yeah but it it was certainly dressed up um now I, i knew some people who did not but i mean probably the majority of the church dressed up like that yeah so for me, you know, I didn't really go often growing up until I got saved in high school. Uh, but when I was in high school, I almost so I, I would rotate between two outfits in a very different way. I would either have a Menards uniform on because I worked at Menards and I would work after church often, or I would wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey and Dallas Cowboys hat. That was 
almost always it was one of two things. A little Menards polo uh, with jeans or a Dallas Cowboys hat, a Dallas Cowboys jersey, and, and jeans. That was my, my basic go-to church clothes. I, I met you when you still had the Dallas Cowboys jersey. Yeah, when I was still... <laughs> yeah, that changed because of a less than positive experience doing that in Georgia. <laughs> you remember that, right? <laughs> I remember you talking about it, yeah. All right, so why do so many church websites address what to wear, especially given that, you know, we, we're kind of varied, and I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, especially for our kids, you know, it's pretty hard-pressed to know exactly what they're going to wear a given Sunday. But why do you think this is something that tends to be on so many church websites? Well, I think that is a good question. Um, like, you don't, at Walmart or whatever, there's not a uh, what to wear. Now, though, it, it might help. <laughs> But, you know, there is this notion of church clothes, and uh, I think, too, people don't want to be underdressed. People, There's enough kind of cultural awareness for certain events, so you should wear this kind of clothes or wear that kind of clothes. Though, I, I mean, that's shifting, because I know my wife and I have uh, joked about at weddings, you know, you get an invitation, and it says, like, formal attire. Now, formal to me is, like, black tie, you yeah. know. Um, or at least a suit and, you know, these gowns and stuff. Um, by formal, though, some of the, what these um, these invitations mean is no jeans, um, no yeah. blue jeans and, and, you know, ball hats. Um, and so, you know, we just become a more, more casual culture. But there is still some awareness, like at a funeral, at a wedding, maybe at church, depending, like you should wear – or at least at Easter or Christmas or something, you should wear something special. And so I think there's – there's just people know like, okay, there people are asking these questions. They're wondering. And it's, I think in general, better to be overdressed for something than underdressed. You come and everybody's all dressed up and you've got on flip flops. Then you feel, you know, small and yeah. uh, stupid. And so I think that it's trying to help avoid some of that and, and cut down on the, um, the, the level of uncertainty for people. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you address that. That is better to be overdressed than underdressed because uh, I have to say, I think even in the Pentecostal church I went to in high school, I suspect I was probably the least formally dressed, and and I honestly didn't care. You know, I don't think anybody cared, but <laughs> so it was fine mm -hmm. by me. But uh, so yeah, this is it is really interesting because even when I was you know looking for pastoral jobs at various points, you know there was one thing I would often notice on websites was they would add the dress you know, what to wear on a Sunday. And the vast majority of times where they're addressing it, it's because they're trying to say that you don't need to worry about what to wear. Uh, and uh, the, But I think this can be a big deal for some churches, you know, some contexts. I, I even, you know, I even had a, a college professor, a Bible professor at college, who argued that, uh, that the idea of church clothes is a very biblical and proper thing and that uh, not, not dressing up nice enough for church is actually kind of an unbiblical attitude. Uh, but I, I also think, yeah, like you said, unchurched people have stereotypes. And I think of, you know, I'm sharing a gospel with a, with a, a con contractor that we had, and uh, this guy kind of told me that I don't have nice enough church clothes to come to your church, uh, to kind of, like come to any church. 
And, uh, and I think sometimes that's more of a stereotype in the unchurched or the unsaved than it is actually an attitude that Christians have. But, uh, but I think also, again, there is various theological takes. I mean, there are churches where the priests, you know, wear uh, very ornate clothing. And uh, there are churches where pastors wear the most expensive suits or, you know, or preachers and sneaker churches. Uh, but <laughs> the, the I referenced them in a sermon recently. Did you yeah. really? Nice. So, now, where did the tradition of church clothes come from, Ben? Did you make it up? <laughs> I wish. You get, like, royalties. Um, I, to Truthfully, I, I don't know. Uh, and I was actually I was going to look it up, and then I, I forgot to. So, But I'm sure that, that you do know. Uh, I mean, does it have to do with, like, the priest wearing the vestments and stuff like that? Or uh, where does it come from? Probably not from what I the research I did actually. What I found very uh, very interesting with this, and I've read some about this before prepping for the podcast. But uh, you know, the idea of dressing up for church kind of was unheard of for most of history. In part, uh, for what reason would you suspect? Uh, probably because they didn't have something to dress up in. I mean, <laughs> yes, clothing exactly. would have been more expensive because it wasn't mass produced, and you know that yeah. kind of thing. You didn't have Sunday clothes. You had, you know, clothes in general. Right, right. You didn't have changes of clothes in that sense. So um, really early 1800s in England during the Industrial Revolution, uh, it became more available to have a lot of changes of clothes and a lot of different grades of clothes. Uh, And particularly this was the case with the upper middle class and upper class. And so my understanding was actually what happened was was that church clothes kind of became an opportunity, uh, especially in context where most people, even if they weren't saved, would go to it, a local a Church of England church. They kind of would show off, effectively, they'd show off their wealth uh, through use of mm. expensive church clothes. But even there, most people did not have expensive uh, church clothes, but it kind of built from there. And so it, it almost built that you're presenting yourself more. It really wasn't, the history of church clothes really was not primarily built upon the idea of, of dress saying nice for God, but it was the idea of dressing nice to kind of show off to serve somebody else, which is ironically almost the exact same thing of where the white wedding dress came from. And uh, this has been, you know, in large part, a product of the development uh, of the middle class. Uh, and, you know, in places where there really isn't a middle class, there's less of an understanding of this kind of separate church clothes. Uh, but, you know, this was, but even there, this kind of was first more prominent in liturgical denominations. So again, Church of England, Catholic churches would have these kind of things. Uh, the idea, you know, you're, you were grew up Baptistic and and America, the largest Protestant denomination is the SBC, but among Baptists and low church denominations like that, like um, like uh, things like Pentecostal groups, it was pretty rare until the 1900s to dress up for church. It was kind of almost seen as actually a misrepresentation of what church is, which was an mm-hmm. interesting thing I found. So. Yeah, it is interesting. So how might our outfit on Sunday be a theological decision, or is this not at all a theological matter? Well, I think just anything we do is theological, and what we choose to wear on any given day is, because we've got to be mindful of God and mindful of others as we put our clothes on. Um, It's sending some sort of message, and so it could be— it could be a way that we're trying to draw attention to ourselves. Like you're talking about these people in the Victorian area who were showing up to church and just trying to, you know, flaunt what they, their wealth. Um, 
which I think scripture forbids. And, uh, but also, so, I mean, it's, it's not so much about how I relate to God, but then it, it fuses into or flows into how you're, um, mindful or not mindful of others. And, um, and so even if you, you love the Lord, but you're going, you're, you know, showing off your wealth, um, that's a way of disregarding the body of Christ, I think. Um, and yeah. so I think that's kind of where that would fit in. Um, it, it does get into issues of stewardship and things. You could touch on modesty. We did a, uh, an episode on modesty. It's probably up by now. Uh, we're going to be, you know, when this is, by the time this is aired. But um, so, yeah, maybe we fleshed that out a little bit more there. But I, how do you think it connects theologically? Yeah, I, I think it can kind of, uh, convey how we believe we are approaching God. I think that is one thing that, uh, you know, I think sometimes the ideas either behind sometimes an extreme casualness uh, can portray a casualness in a relationship with God, but also uh, some sometimes an attitude or even a theology behind some pushing hard certain church clothing. It can convey that we approach God almost as if we're a priest, you know, and the old, uh, that with the separation, with the veil, and, uh, you know, basically as if we essentially have to impress God. I mean, in a way, I think how we dress on Sunday somewhat ask the question, are we relating to God chiefly as royalty or as family? Uh, all, and both things are true for Christians for the relationship with God. Uh, and I think this also can relate to, uh, you know, a theology of the church or ecclesiology. So I think sometimes, for example, the, the professor I mentioned that argued that it's biblical to wear nice church clothes. One of the reasons why he argued was, again, when you were in the temple, you know, or in the temple area, I mean, you that basically put on these ornate outfits that demonstrated holiness. And, uh, and you know, I don't know how a suit is that. Three-piece suit is that? I guess it is, though. But, uh, but you know, and I think that that idea of seeing the ch- local church as essentially akin to the modern, uh, akin to the kind of separateness of the temple, rather the building like that, rather than seeing the church as the people gathered for a purpose, I, I think mm-hmm. can be a theology that plays into our, our how we navigate church clothes. Uh, I think it also can relate, like you brought up, to our theology of modesty, both in terms of, you know, excess, but also in terms of, you know, uh, in terms of being too revealing. But, you know, with what you mentioned, you know, the idea, the wrong idea that you went after of the kind of Victorian sense of people really impressing with their clothes. For whatever reason, though, that in my mind, I imagine those people saying, heavens to Betsy. I don't know why. (laughs) I just want you to know that. Thank you. (laughs) Now, what what does the Bible teach us about uh, what we can wear as we gather with the saints? Well, this is not a a real big category. Um, I think if you go to 1 Timothy 2, uh, it gives some instructions for women that may be broader than just the the gathered church, but I think it, in the context it, it may be kind of focusing on that. Um, and it's more though about not wearing opulent clothes and flaunting your wealth, um, rather than um, I guess how much skin is showing. Um, though certainly I think I mean it's it's unwise. I, 
to to wear things that are going to draw attention to yourself, yeah. whether because you're wearing these crazy colors and patterns and it's like, hey, everybody look at me, um, or because you're showing just an, an inordinate amount of, of your flesh um, that yeah. whether you're a man or a woman, it's just going to catch people's attention, whether for good or for ill or, you know, whether they're attracted to it or they're repulsed by it, it it's going to draw attention. And so, you know, we're not gathered in any individual saint's name. Um, we're gathered in Jesus's name. So uh, really, that's the only place I can think of that really discusses that, um, at least any particular text. I mean, I know you said the professor you know, kind of drew out some theological conclusions um, connecting with the temple, which I would agree with you. I think that's not uh, you know, accurate or it's hard. You can't fully support that. But I, I mean, do you have other places in mind? Yeah, I thought of, you know, the first Peter three, definitely for sure. I think that is clearly, it seems to even be to some degree referring to the act of people basically doing what people did in Victorian times where they were trying to show off their, what they have through you know, what they went to church in and that's condemned clearly. But also I actually think of, you know, when I was a younger Christian, I really love the concept of freedom in Christ and, and I still do. But I actually mm-hmm. understand the concept of freedom in Christ now. <laughs> and, I'm free, uh, so shut up. <laughs> well, even with that, you know, I did. I never wore a ball cap in church after that awkward Sunday at the little Baptist church in Georgia. But I, you know, I had the attitude that, you know, I'm better than these people. And that, you know, I basically am free in Christ. I'm going to do what I want. I don't really care what you think of that. And in a sense, I don't think there's anything sinful about wearing a ball cap to church. And I would never approach somebody about doing that. Uh, but I think actually a relevant Bible verse is Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Freedom is for serving one another. And that can even apply in how we dress. And so... I think there's biblical principles that that would potentially teach us that, you know, it's wise to dress up in church in such a way that not only would keep people from stumbling, but would, you know, avoid an unnecessary stumbling, uh, avoid an unnecessary argument or, you know, making somebody uncomfortable based on their traditions. So we, we should try to kind of meet people where they're at, I think, with our freedom in Christ. Yeah, I think that's... That's a good way of, of approaching it. Praise the Lord. So now should all church members have the same basic attire on Sunday? Like, you know, almost like a cult. Should we dress up in, you know, a standardized uniform? Yeah, have like a the Heaven's Gate cult with the uh what was it, the Hellbop comment, they had like black Nikes and stuff. Um Yeah. Uh, no, that would that would I think to the unbeliever who would walk in, they'd be like, "What? What's going on here? Where's the Kool Aid?" Um, I I really I think it depends on a lot of different factors. What resources you have, uh, what kind of things you have, maybe like you know you talked about the Menards outfit. You're about to go to work, or you just got off work. Sometimes you people you know medical or whatever. Um, sometimes I see people show up in in you know. School scrubs uh, at our church. Um, so I think it really, I, I don't think you should impose some sort of dress code. I think that's unwise, uh, probably unloving. And yeah, I, I just, I wouldn't want to go to a church like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is, do you guys have a, it's like today, Pastor Tony is wearing his suit and tie. So everyone follows suit. Next week is jeans week. Or... Yeah. There's always a big announcement. So no. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 
I definitely don't think we can require that everybody has the same attire uh, because the Bible doesn't and we cannot require what the Bible doesn't require. Uh, and, uh, you know, even like, again, back to those who I have heard, and it's not just this professor, I've heard other Christians argue something akin to even that idea that, you know, we're, we're all priests uh, and, and you know, and where there's a priesthood of all believers and priests in the Old Testament, well, you know, they wore all this fancy that they show the holiness of God. And I think that's a bit of a stretch. It's, it's a significant stretch to me to say that anything about a men's tie or a woman's dress <laughs> conveys the holiness of God in that sense. Uh, but I, I think actually having a variety of convictions within the same church uh, really shows unity on the main things, you know. I, I suspect for most of us, it's probably wise for us to, to kind of follow the middle of the road within our church. But, you know, to have a church where, you know, you have even elders. Elders that will speak and, you know, one's in nicer jeans or even whatever. Uh, and then, you know, one of them's in a suit. Uh, and, you know, they're all together. They're, you know, giving each other a hug afterwards. I think this really shows, it doesn't show us a disunified church. It shows us a church that has its right priorities and uh, is really displaying uh, what uh, um, Jamie Dunlop's book will call a compelling community. Great book, by the way. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, yeah, we had a guy at our church, a uh, young guy who was in high school. He started coming, wasn't a believer yet. And he would come, and he would always wear a ball cap. Uh, but he was sitting up, f literally front and center, with some other high school students. And I was, I was really proud of our church. It, that I know of, no one said anything to him about this. I'm sure there were some people that were like, mm -mm, "That boy's up there wearing a ball cap." And he did it for a while, and then eventually, I mean, he became a Christian, um, was baptized. And, and then he, at some point, decided to stop wearing the cap, and he made a comment to me. He's like, "Yeah, I just want to be a little more respectful." I don't really know where that came from, and I, I, I didn't, you know, chase that uh, rabbit. But it was just a decision that he made to stop, uh, you know, wearing his ball cap. Now he yeah. still he he will wear shorts and things like that. Like I don't wear church uh, shorts to church, though. There's some Sundays in the summer I wouldn't mind, but. Uh, anyway, I mean, I think that was no, nobody dealt. It was like this is not really the main thing. We're just we're thankful this, this young man is here. He's hearing the gospel. He's getting kind of enmeshed into the life of other Christians. And hey, let's yeah. let's go with it. Let let him wear his, his ball cap all he wants. Yeah. Now, now I will say that you know if one of our elders showed up in like uh, you know one of those Elvis Presley jumpsuits, that might be a different story though. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, what should we expect preachers to wear? I think that leads appropriately to the next question. Well, Tony, I haven't seen all the elders in your church, but um, just you bear probably the most most striking resemblance to Elvis, so the possibility of it. So you know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you get the dark hair and stuff, you know. I've so heard. anyway. Um, and you used to be in a band. I mean, you know, what more do you need? Um, uh, so you, you ask about preachers? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I When I was in seminary, we had a guy who was the, the youth pastor at the church. And, you know, the, the, it was a little bit more buttoned up place. And so he wore a, a coat and tie every Sunday. But he had, you know, one of those little faux hawks. So not like we're not talking, you know, punk rock like pink mohawk he just had his hair sort of 
put it was cut short but pulled up in the center so that there was a little bit of a, a point there mm-hmm. you know a shark fin kind of thing <laughs> uh, subtle and uh, a lady in the church an older lady came up to him and she said I don't really know if that's a pastor's haircut uh, and so he said he asked her well how should a pastor cut his hair and he said the lady got quiet and thought for a moment and she said well you know what the Bible doesn't say. Don't worry about it. <laughs> wow, that's uh, <laughs> and I mean, you know, good for that lady. Then she realized, like, yeah, yeah, this is not really a hill to die on. Um, and so I, I don't think that the Bible gives us specific instructions. I think it's going to depend on your cultural and the economic setting. Um, again, I think don't try to be a distraction. I mean, I, I really the the stuff on there, the preachers and sneakers, is just. I could use really strong adjectives. I won't. Um, but I mean, in many cases, those guys on any given Sunday are wearing more on their feet than like all the clothes I wear for the whole week. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I think. And uh, the, my favorite one on there, and I don't, I don't want to make light of this man's trauma. Um, this would have been a scary experience. But the guy and his wife who were robbed during the sermon, and up in New York City, and they were robbed of over a million dollars worth of jewelry that they had on their body. Wow, that's and, wild. And this, yes, like and this was not just something like you can look it up. You can even see the the pastor talking about it. Um, so there's that kind of thing. I think that that is a distraction. Um, I think that does go against stuff that scripture says. Like just because you can't tell the difference between like the exact time that night and day start, you can tell a difference between you know midnight and noon. Yeah. Anyway, don't be a distraction. Uh, I think there's something to be said for looking like you're taking this seriously. And again, that that's going to be a little bit culturally dependent. And so you need to be aware of some of those kind of things. Um, I mean, like just for instance, looking like your clothes are clean and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but if you go to some sort of place where it's just very impoverished, it's going to be different. And so I'm just really cautious to draw too many lines on that. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You have your rotation. You know, you you have it more mapped out than I do. So I, you know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start off being very, very strict and drawing a clear line. I, I 100% am strongly against any pastors and preachers being naked to church. Obviously. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll give you that so, one. So th- that's what I will rule out for the most part. So, uh, you know, I don't. I I want to address this because I mean, obviously, people know there's even kind of some degree of expectations. I mean, literally, people dress up uh, as certain preachers for Halloween. You know, there's a kind of an association that some kind of preachers dress a certain way. Uh, and and in the South, it's common that you know the vestments are essentially just you know three piece suit uh, where the buttons popping from eating too much fried chicken. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, I'm I'm no one to talk though. Uh, but uh, you know, pastors and preachers they are not priests. I think that also needs to be made very clear that the priesthood is for all believers, and we're not none of us are the same as Old Testament priests. Uh, but uh, so we should not kind of have an expectation that, you know, the, the preachers or the pastors are a separate class and they need to kind of be held to this extremely higher, a higher measurement. That doesn't mean it's not wise for a pastor at times to dress, you dress towards the more formal end of his congregation at times if he sees fit. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think in this kind of issue, it's generally uh, wise for pastors to dress in such a way that the focus really isn't that much in their attire. And so wh- whatever that means in your culture, where it's not that much in your attire, 
I think is a good thing. So, and even for me, you know, again, I'll wear suits, but I mean, I, I was actually gifted this, this, uh, very, very loud Christmas suit. Uh, and, uh, as well as that, I also got, was gifted separately this, uh, this like North pole tie and neither of those are things I would wear in the pulpit. And just cause I mean, I think it just, I think they're funny and great in ways, but yeah. they, they distract to me from, and I think, I think a pastor wearing too expensive clothes, like the preachers and sneakers, you know, like, wow, that's impressive. I think it distracts from the message. And I also think likewise, again, like you said, it distracts from the message. It distracts from the teaching when the pastor looks plainly unpresentable. Uh, so I generally, I think a good way to outline this is I think pastors and preachers should, uh, that, uh, should look, uh, as humble as possible. Uh, you know, look, look as a humble servant, uh, but never as a gaudy servant. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think those are kind of good, broad guidelines to have. Now, to relate this to the family more, though, Ben, is it wrong because of all that we've established? Is it sinful for any parent to expect their kids to meet a certain dress code on Sunday? No, I think that you do that on all sorts of other issues that are matters of conscience or just wisdom. They're not issues of sin or righteousness. And so it's just kind of like, well, does our family does blank or our family does not do blank. Our family dresses up to go to church or whatever the case is. And so, um, I mean, we don't have hard and fast ones ourselves, uh, though in general, like I said, we're more dressed up on that day. But there are times when we'll, you know, let the kids in particular dress down a little bit more. Um, yeah. But it's just, they know it's just, it's not an every week kind of thing. And then always they have to like come and check with us. Like, Hey, they just sort of know, well, this is just what we do. Um, they, sometimes they want to, well, does this match? Or do you think this, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I will say of getting days, getting dressed, I think, be, I don't know if it's because of the dressing up or if it's just, you know, a spiritual thing, but of any day in the week when there is an issue related to dress, it's I could tell you what day it's going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> thankfully, yeah. we're in a season where it's not so much of an issue, um, but it has been kind of you know in waves in, in the past, and um, yeah, and so it's stuff you have to navigate. But yeah. I, I don't know. Do you do you think it's to to say all right, kids, we're dressing up? That that's uh, imposing what the Bible doesn't. And no, I mean I think. Parents have a kind of have a different authority in that way, and so I don't think these kind of parental decisions would be legalism. And in fact, I think for some parents in some contexts, it could be wise to convey the seriousness of church through encouraging, you know, dressing a certain way. You know, again, I think that's going to be that. I mean, that is something where that that bar, if you will, is going to be stopped in d- different places and d- different households. Uh, but at the same time, I do. Think think it may be wise more often than not to, to not make what our kids wear their dress code apart from modesty issues the main focus and, and the reason why i say this is you know especially we're trying to raise them to love the church and love the lord and you know, the reality is we have only so many hills that we can die in with our children and i question how often it's wise to make that the hill to die in because honestly mm-hmm. even sometimes you know, sometimes you, there is a very real choice between are our kids are going to be the best dressed this Sunday or are they going to be the uh, best rested? And I think, honestly, the second option is is 
pretty consistently better so that they can benefit and gain from the things that are of the Lord's day rather than necessarily being the most impressive. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good insight. So, so what are some good reasons then for families to dress less casually for church? The biggest thing that comes to my mind is just as a physical, tangible reminder. I mean, we, we I think sometimes evangelicals can tend to uh, downplay the significance of the body. And it's like, well, it's it's going to burn up one day and we're going to be in heaven. So, well, kind of forget about the resurrection and new creation and all that. Um, I mean, Jesus has a body right now. Uh, but it, it can be a physical reminder that something about what we're doing is different or it's special it's a unique day in the week and this is a unique activity that we're doing and even if you, you have family worship on monday evening or you're having your quiet time on thursday the valuable things we encourage people to do that but it's different than gathering with god's people in the jesus's name and sitting under his word and so that that's but yeah i, I can't really say that oh man there's these wonderful reasons for it maybe it just it gives it a a certain sense of solemnity not that you go and buy these crazy expensive clothes um or you know wear not to make fun of people in liturgical settings but these vestments and these these garments that you would wear nowhere else um but just this okay like this is we're this is serious and um yeah take this soberly but there's still a sense of there can be a sense of joy as well. Um, so I don't. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think those are good words. Uh, you know, I, I think additionally, I, I think it can be a benefit that we're in ways raising them up, especially with a different generation that has different convictions. That mm-hmm. we, we want to love them. You know, I'm just kind of raising up in the practice that that we we even our family can meet people where we're at without making a big deal out of this. But I do think the seriousness can be can be a healthy thing if it's approached rightly. But you know, it's not. The biggest factor for me, and in a lot of ways, I mean, again, I was the guy who wore a ball cap to church on Sundays in high school, and you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So. But what might be the benefits then on the other side of letting our kids wear something we don't prefer to church? I think it gives some some room for grace and remembering that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And being more concerned about their attitude and that kind of thing. Um, What you said, I think, is wise that you can only die on so many hills. Um, And so is that really the hill that you want to die on or or not? And so, um, again, we we have – I don't want to say we've drawn a line. It's just sort of – you know, you go into whether it's a church, um, a business, uh, a school, a team, and you can just – there's a culture of, well, this is just kind of how we do things. Um, and so it's just kind of the churches that we've been a part of have dressed up more, um, though where we're at Curtis now, I mean, it, we've got a mix. Like we still have some people that wear suits, um, though there's not many of those those guys left. Uh, you got people wearing shorts and a lot of people in between. And um, so, yeah, we, we try to give some space on that. Um, and, and maybe we could more in the future. Um but it's it's generally we're not mandating you thou shalt go and wear this outfit. You know the kids are kind of picking those things out. Um, uh, but yeah, I know, so what? Do you, I mean, you've I think you've thought probably more about this in terms of your kids and stuff. Maybe your practice has been a little different. What do you think about yeah. letting them uh, wear the Crocs or whatever? Well, 
I think there are real benefits in navigating this, even though I probably don't prefer our kids wearing Crocs to church. But <laughs> the and I think actually and you know the there's an idea towards dressing up for church that says you know well you know would you dress up uh, would you dress up in your everyday clothes if you were if you were summoned to the president's office and and the obvious answer is no we wouldn't uh, and so why would we before God and to that actually I think uh, I think a good response is but you know who did Lincoln's kids you know Lincoln's sons in fact dressed in ordinary clothes when they were with their dad and, and he expected them to and, and I think the, the reason why is because Lincoln was not just their president he was their father and they have a family relationship and I think in a way not requiring that uh, these kind of things uh, that, uh, that can be a benefit towards that end you know it can it can kind of show them that there is a healthy family intimacy with God. It's not just a God who is far off, but a God who is who has the right to be separate, but who comes near. Uh, and I think it also makes the hustle for church the important things. If we're, we don't really freak out if they have you know Spider Man shirt on, you know, because I mean, I I can see you know I know I know families that don't always dress the same every Sunday and where the parents probably dress more formally, but the kids always have their Bible. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's the right priority. Uh, and I think it also makes welcoming the unchurched easier, uh, even mm -hmm. among, with their kids and their friends. Uh, but finally, it can, I think, give a healthy sense of triage. Even if, you know, as I, you know, I've actually come to, I kind of like, I, I like dressing up for church. I enjoy being, I enjoy an opportunity to, to, wear nice clothing but you know if my kids don't it, that's not a hill to die in by any stretch that's not a first tier issue not a second tier issue in a way barely a third tier issue you know? yeah yeah i think those are good reflections so why do, where does modesty play a role in this discussion i know we've had a whole talk on modesty already though um well i would just refer back to to that um but yeah, I think it is a consideration. Some have it kind of in the pendulum swing that fallen humanity tends to take to whatever issue we we overreact to the previous overreaction, and so some people that you know had maybe these draconian rules about modesty or it was just for women, they just need to cover up everything because they're a threat. Well, no, that's not it. But that doesn't mean that you just take the baby and throw it out with the bathwater. Uh, there is something to be said for that, and so um, men and women ought to be aware of those issues. Uh, I've heard a, a Christian leader who's been in a pastoral role before, he's not currently, I don't think, um, say that, you know, he was preaching at a church one time and he, there was a woman there wearing a particular type of outfit. He said, I just couldn't look on that side of the room because it was so distracting. Now you could, I mean, some would say, well, that's just because he's this lustful monster and he's just a filthy animal and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I don't know the man personally. Um, I've been familiar with his ministry for a long time. He seems to be a man of integrity and courage and, you know, ways that bad character would have come out by now and it hasn't. Um, and so it's been that it was, yeah, it was distracting. Um, and I, I mean, I know of a situation in, when I was in uh, a church, uh, not here, but, you know, previously in my life and a, a young woman – 
was wearing a particular outfit that was very, very tight and, you know, high cut and stuff. And some of the ladies noticed and were like, hmm, we should probably say something. Let's just yeah. – that's going to be distracting to, to people. And, um, and it was a, the color as well. It, it stood out. Uh, I don't think she was trying to draw attention to herself. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, so I think it's, it's not an irrelevant thing, but drawing these lines of like, you know, X is modest, Y is not. Well, it, it gets a little bit hard to do that, but it doesn't mean that you can't do something. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that when we do get ready for church, that one thought we need to have is that church should be a place, not the only place, but a place where we help one another fight temptation. And that is one no, we, area. You where, talked about it in the modesty yeah. conversation about loving others. Yeah. And I think that is key. You know, that, that should factor in. I, I think this all should come down to, we are a brother's keeper. And so, yeah, you apply that to how you dress to church, church, whether you're a man or a woman. It's often more related to women's dress in church specifically. I mean, I mean, maybe some churches in the beaches of Miami area, maybe it's a little different. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but generally, I don't know. But, uh, additionally, it's a different world. Though. Yeah. I think it's probably wise uh, to show non-sexual modesty. You know, again, the Bible, when it talks about modesty, it's not always talking about sexuality. Mm-hmm. It can be talking about showing off your wealth and kind of luxury. And I think it's wise to show uh, modesty in that sense. You know, if you are a Christian that's well off, I think wearing the nicest thing to church is not always the most helpful thing. Or even, you know, I, I remember there was a... Um, when I, when, I, when I was a young Christian and there was a, a kind of a uh, influential youth group in town, an influential church in town, a big mega church, and the youth pastor, he always dressed in the really, really uh, preppy uh, clothes from the mall. And, you know, like he got the best ones, you know, to kind of act like he was a cool 17-year-old, even though he was probably like 28. And I think to me that was a terrible example uh, of lacking modesty. You know, effectively he was saying that, you know, that, you know, I am, I am this elite. I'm this fashion elite. Uh, and, you know, and look at me and I'm important. And it was a deep shame. Uh, and I think that's a wrong way to approach modesty in the church. But uh, And I think this can really be a concern for church dress. And this can even relate to, frankly, I, I've known of churches that have had, you know, women that have a good singing voice that are put on the band that are not dressing modesty, even when they're performing in the band. And I think that can be a real concern that we need to we need to address and we need to be willing to to call out that lack of being our brother's keeper. Or sisters keeper. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I mean, some churches will have particular standards for if you're going to be on the platform, whether you're singing, you're doing music, you're reading, you're praying, whatever it is, just going to hear the guidelines. Um, were you the one that told me about the church that had the? Uh, I think it was you. The they had this handbook that ended up getting leaked publicly, and it was like basically if you're fat, you couldn't be on the stage. Yeah, yeah. You're on the singing it- team. I think it was in oh, Louisville area. Yeah, it was in the news. It got in the, like the Louisville news. So, so yeah, it was a char- po- it was a big charismatic church. So, yeah, yeah, 
terrible. But yeah, so, uh, uh, but with all that brought up with uh, the modesty and everything and the gentle principles, you know, the purpose of me writing this actually was, you know, this is Christmas time and, you know, we've, we, this is our least Christmas focused Christmas podcast. But, you know, around Christmas, people do tend to dress a little bit different for church, especially the service of Christmas Eve or, or, you know, the Sunday that's closest to Christmas. Uh, so I want to ask in light of that, should we have the same attire expectations every Sunday and at every church that we go to? I really think that there's a lot of room for flex there. Um, I, you know, I mean, if you wanted to wear your, your Christmas suit, <laughs> you know, you should, uh, you should feel that flex. Mm-hmm. I mean, feel that freedom <laughs> in Christ. Um, yeah, I really, the more I live, like I like Christmas. I really do. Um, I, in some ways, though, it's like, why, why do people just, like, go crazy over Christmas? Uh, it's like becoming this this monster that's eating up two months out of the year. But, again, I like Christmas. I'm not a Grinch. But, um, but yeah, I think that there's room for flex on these kind of things. And different churches are going to have different informal dress codes, if you will. I mean, I, maybe there are some churches that have actual formal dress codes. I, I hope there aren't many of them. But, uh, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of room for flex. Um yeah. What, what are your thoughts? But uh, I will say I am getting more into Christmas as I get older, though. But for me, I'm I get into Christmas for exactly thirty days, and you know, November twenty sixth or the day after Thanksgiving, whatever comes later, up through Christmas Day. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I I do think it can be wise to not upset the apple cart when we're visiting a church because that's one aspect of. Uh, I mean, if I. If if the only gospel centered church I, I I that in an area I'm visiting on vacation is a church where there's where it's obvious you know even from like YouTube's of the service that there's more people dress up a little bit more I probably wouldn't I would probably dress up that Sunday not to upset the apple cart and and vice versa mm-hmm. you know if I went to you know more informal area I probably would I probably wouldn't try to stand out uh, you know but I think it can be special and sweet and nice to dress up for Christmas and Easter if people like doing it. If you don't like doing it, whatever. Uh, but, you know, our family, you know, we always have our Christmas outfits and the, and I don't think, and we get pictures at Easter, you know, in the Easter outfits and the dresses and the girls and, you know, suits on the guys. And I think that's fine and, and it can be, you know, a nice family moment, but there's nothing biblical or theological, really, I mean, not really important theology in it. So, you know, none of this is required. None of this is a sin issue, though. So, you know, wear a T-shirt on Christmas if you feel convicted to or don't, whatever. Yeah, a Christmas shirt with elf. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Buddy the elf. Just, I, I just really prefer that somebody not wear any clothes that has uh, the um, was it the elf on the shelf on it. As you know my thoughts there. <laughs> <laughs> That's other reasons. Anyway, so. Well, uh, Ben, we should probably go get uh, go get her best Christmas outfit. Uh, you know, I'm um, I'm pr- I'm trying to get the perfect Santa outfit, and uh, so I'm gonna go try on my my beard and maybe see if I need to actually grow a real one. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, change out of my suit jacket and put on my silk jacket, my silk robe. You know, oh. a little more comfortable. Good. Well, for round good. two. Nice. Well, it was good having a discussion with you, and Merry Christmas, Ben. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.